1: It really helps. We are so excited to bring you Lisa Yadao of Paper Tongue Productions. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we are too. We have so much to talk about. You are here to promote your GoFundMe campaign uh, for Roots and Wings, which we're, we're definitely going to get into. But first, I want to start with how we first met you. Uh, It was a 2018 CAM event, which is the Center for Asian American Media at Spark, this this like uh, food truck central area in San Francisco. And I remember that event like it was yesterday. It's like in in the quarantine. These are one of the events that I miss most because Mm -hmm. we just walked in. I think I arrived first out of our team and I I just gravitated towards you guys. And I met Yana and and we were talking about this project and her book. And here we are now with your campaign, having the first episode shot. So Mm -hmm. um, so tell us about Roots and Wings. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so weird. It does feel like yesterday we were just talking, and we were—I think we were in
2: pre-pro at that point. We were preparing to to shoot, and we were like, "Yeah, we really want to promote this." And and you know, a few years later, here we are. And it's such a weird um, thing to be talking about food and community during a pandemic. But here we are, and, and um, yeah. So Roots and Wings, it sort of came about because we're big. We're big foodies i know my my sister my co-producer one of my co-producers she hates the word foodies but we we love food mm-hmm. we love food shows um big huge anthony bourdain fans i think we're still grieving um mm-hmm. uh, i asked yes. my boyfriend if we could watch roadrunner he's like hell no because it's just too emotional
0: oh, uh, oh we can luck. talk about that yeah. in we a minute. yeah we watched yeah. it yeah oh gosh
2: yeah um but 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 the, the problem was and, and also we love like chef's table we love the all those kind of, that's that uh, range of shows where it's like super gritty and like really uh, you know road less taken and then the super like um, beauty shots and and like really glamorous and and um, I guess high-end sort of shows uh, but we weren't seeing our stories you know I mean Anthony Bourdain went to the Philippines and we saw we saw ourselves in that but we weren't seeing like women telling our stories you know mm-hmm. and the, what it just wasn't enough of that now we have we see Padma Lakshmi and other people coming out with with their those shows and those are great but um there's not enough of them you know mm-hmm. so so um we became friends with Yana because she was doing her 50 states tour she went to Maine first and then my twin sister she was like you have to go to her food pop-up she's coming to San Francisco um and then I went I don't know if I went to oak to her whatever pop-ups in Oakland or it was in Soma maybe it was both. but we became instant friends and i was like this this kind of makes sense to do something together because we're we keep talking about how we don't see representation and you're in the food scene like you're right there you're 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 making a difference you're traveling and you're you're reaching out to you're you're connecting people it was a 50 states pop-up tour and it was specifically um kamayan pop-ups which are you know it's a filipino way of eating with your hands and it's very communal Um, You eat on um, banana leaves, everything's laid out on banana leaves and, and you're talking to strangers, you're getting to know people. So it's, it was her way of, um, of spreading Filipino food, but also connecting people who probably wouldn't talk to each other, you know? So uh, for us, we really wanted to highlight that um, with Roots and Wings. And then also, surprisingly, the other people that we gravitated towards with the other episodes also were doing pop-ups. Pre-pandemic, you know, and it, I guess for us it was like they we noticed that there was a need for them to to do this. You know, it wasn't their day jobs, but they they felt a need to to really amplify um, the the cuisine of their of their heritage, their their um, cultures, and to really connect people. So um, yeah, that's sorry that was long winded, but that's that's the um, premise of Roots and Wings. So we um, did. Yana's episode a few years ago, and then we're doing two more episodes, one with the Iranian American, um, I don't want really to call her chef, like she's a, like a food, food goddess, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and then okay. also a, a Korean American, uh, she's a, a producer and uh, food, uh, food writer, she's, she's done her own, she's got her own um, food shows and she's done pop-ups as well, so yeah, we really want to amplify their their stories, and and we want to keep doing more of these. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I I actually want to know where the title came from for the docu because it it there's a lot of meaning I feel behind it.
2: For sure, yeah, I think for for so roots and wings is obviously like the roots of where you come from, and then the wings. You know, um, it sounds cheesy, but it's like you know just taking off and, and branching out. But for for people who grew up with uh, immigrant parents, there's a lot of meaning to that. And like, for me, I see my mom now as an adult and and she sort of struggles to kind of find her footing, even as someone who's in her, um, how old is she? She's in her sixties, but uh, you know, struggling to, to sort of like live in the States, but also maintain um her roots. And I, 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 there's a little bit of that in me also, like I, I grew up a little bit in the Philippines, but I wasn't born there. It's, you know, but there's this need to just really, um, center yourself. Well, where is that? You know, especially if you're in the diaspora, like where, 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 where are, where are your roots? And is that anywhere you are? Um, and then what do you do with that? So where do you take off with, with those wings? What do you do with that? With, with your identity and, and your heritage? Mm.
1: Yeah. And what I think is beautiful about that is not only are you highlighting these stories of, um, you know, these these trailblazing chefs or food goddesses, as as you (laughs) you call them, um, but also behind the camera, your crew of 100 percent women, uh, majority BIPOC, you, you are all, you know, trying to establish your roots and together finding your wings so can you Absolutely. talk about that process how it's how it's sort of a, a connected in front of the camera and behind for sure yeah um so I
2: have been producing for uh, a few years and uh I was for a while I was working in corporate video and um everyone I saw behind the camera I mean many people know this. it's the- predominantly white men.
0: Pale and male, Lisa, pale and male, (laughs) just like, just like podcasting. Yes. Yeah.
2: And don't get me wrong. I love, like, I love the family that you leave behind that, that, that you kind of sort of are attached to when you, when you have, when you grew up, you sort of build a family. And so like, I, the guys that I've worked with, I'm still friends with them. I, I consider them family and they're great, but I still The, the, the the thing with that too, is then if you end up working with a bunch of white dudes, you, you kind of like, I mean, maybe it's for me, I don't know. I don't know. But for me personally, I just kind of didn't want to get lost. I didn't want to lose my voice and, and, um, prioritize other people's perspectives over mine. So there's a sense of like, okay, I really need to, to, I really need to make a change because no one's going to do it for you, you know, um. And especially people with with money, they're not, they're just going to hire, mm. you know, their friends and, and whatever. So for me, it was like, I, I, it was important to align ourselves with like-minded people and people of color because we, we need to tell our own stories, you know? Um, so, yeah. So then we, we would, re- we would recruit, we would make sure that when we crewed up, it was, you know, yeah, 99%, 100% women, um, and women of color, because we all we all wanted to make sure we are telling each other stories. We were we all wanted to be held accountable for how we tell those stories and who's telling those stories. So, so yeah. Um, and I think too, if we if we show people the ways that you can grow up, that's not uh, the norm. Mm-hmm. Then there's a trend. I mean, Ava DuVernay is doing this, for example. You know, she's a perfect example of like leading mm-hmm. by change. Um, so yeah I mean even um uh Black Panther Mm -hmm. another perfect Mm -hmm. example leading Mm -hmm. by change like all BIPOC it was uh, like majority Black
1: storytellers Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm.
2: I believe there was like uh, was there um a Filipino there's there were some Filipino crew members in there too but I think it was predominantly Black and it was like Oh, there you all are, you know, no one's hiring right. you, but there you all are, you know.
1: <laughs> they,
0: right. do yes. they do exist. <laughs> they yeah. They just
2: need yeah. access. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And so I think too, like, if I can show that to my two-year-old daughter, by the time she gets to however old she wants to start telling stories or play music or, you know, be an engineer, whatever, we don't have to get to the point where we're like amplifying women's um you know, women's careers, it's just careers, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it just is. Um, we still have a long way to go, but
0: yeah, I, that just made me think, I really want to get rid of the term. The future is female. Cause I'm like, w- when is that future? I
1: know, <laughs> Isn't it yeah. here already? Anyways, sorry. And when tangent. you've been saying that for 10 years, yeah. it's like, well, <laughs> totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, I know. Over, right. it. totally <laughs> yeah. over it. Yeah. Um, Lisa, okay, so we met you in 2018 and you were pre-production. Wow. And then how much further were you able to get before the pandemic? And have you started filming in the pandemic? And how's that going for you? That's, those are great <laughs> questions. Um, so we shot in 2018. I think it was
2: September. Yeah, it was like September, August, September. And then a funny thing happens as your day job sort of gets in the way. Uh, yeah, I'm,
1: hmm. yeah.
0: Preach, preach.
2: Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. we all got busy with our day jobs and then eventually we got it edited. Um, I want to say it was like 2019. Yeah, it was 2019. Um, yeah, then we started submitting it to film festivals and then the pandemic hit. And so mm. everything went virtual. Um, and then how did we pivot? We pivoted in different ways. We started, um, we, we put a pause on the on Roots and Wings because no one was doing pop-ups and we were mm-hmm. all like fucking scared, you know? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't important at that point. I mean, it, it, it's important because we, like now it's important because we want to show people that um, community is still there, you know? And that story still need to be told. But back then it was like, you just gotta survive. You just make sure you don't get sick, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but how we pivoted was we ended up doing some pandemic shorts and we asked people, BIPOC women, to film themselves and tell us how the pandemic was going for them, how quarantine was going for them. And we, we came out with some really amazing stories. So when you are restricted in how in your storytelling, you end up, you can still tell like really beautiful stories. So we have on our website, we have a, like three three videos called pandemic shorts or a series of videos called pandemic shorts. And we're still editing more, but again, it's like our day jobs wow. keep getting
0: in the way. Yeah, I'm telling you, we need to get rid of those day jobs. I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I will say, you know, speaking of day jobs, I I I I was part of that like the great resignation, whatever the heck they're calling it, um, from last year. And uh, so mm. I say like corporate and I I've been trying to get my footing in freelance. And I gotta say, I I was really stuck on this idea of like, you have to be, that your, your day job has to be a filmmaker, like in order to be legit. That's not true. You can still have a day job and like make a difference. And in fact, sometimes a day job can help you because you have, you can survive and you don't have to worry about making a living and you can tell stories that way. You can make a difference that way. So this whole thing about like, I don't know if anyone says like you can live your dreams and like be, you know, be a writer, or be whatever. You can also be a normal person and then tell stories. Other Like anyway, that's just something I just realized very recently. But yeah, day jobs that, are very important.
1: That is a good point. I think it's just the 40 hour work week that we need to eliminate. I mean, exactly, we can do three yeah. days a week. And And another good point is if you only hang out with independent filmmakers, you need to meet people with money <laughs> to fund your shit. Right. So if you're still, if you're still, <laughs> if you're still in the corporate world, you know yes, you can yeah. you can have your little side hustle. You know totally. while you're working also, so make it totally. work for you. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go back to Filipino food really quickly because I'm so yeah. excited to watch this episode. Um, two things really strike me about. Um, Yana's episode. Um, I watched a little uh, blurb that you have online, a little five minute clip of it. And she says something about along the lines of Filipino food is good. It doesn't need to be elevated. It just needs to be celebrated. And that's something that I find is so interesting in the Bay. It's really hard for me to find good Filipino food. Like that's not trying to do too much. I don't want to go get a burrito of Filipino food. My grandmother passed. (laughs) I want to go to a restaurant and have food that tastes like my grandmother's totally. and um really the closest that, that i've gone to it was lucky chances the casino in ceremony <laughs> which is also it's that's it's so filipino but that's i mean i've gotten the best you know langanisa there whatever oh but my so so one i want to know what is your favorite food uh, in the bay because you're you're based in the bay yes i i was i recently moved to san diego and i gotta say i miss the base so much okay,
2: um, okay. I, grew, I grew up in san diego so um uh, but yeah, um, Bay area food man. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, yeah, so I wanted to know what your favorite um, Filipino food is in the Bay, and then I have a follow up question after that. Yeah, I gotta
2: say, you know, Irma's uh, in. Irma's. Yeah, in San Francisco, they closed down I think because of the pandemic. But that I used to go there. Um, Fob Kitchen, I really loved.
1: Mm, okay, um, taking notes in, in
2: Oakland. I think she's still around. Um, I hope she's still around. Yeah the fop kitchen is great. Um, mm. Some might argue, I mean, the thing is like if if you're like F- Filipino and you you you're used to like the big plates, like like point point, like yeah. the turo, turo, <laughs> mm-hmm. when you see this plated, you know, like um lechon, you're gonna be like, what the heck is this? You know, like why is this too? <laughs> why does this look too fancy? But it's like really good food, and that's her way of like celebrating it that chef. Um, but what's another one? I don't know. What do you guys think of like senior sisig?
1: I think it's good. I don't think any of it's bad, but it's just not, I want to go and I want to taste food. That was like my grandmother's, you know, and just keep it simple. Just, just like, just like Yana says, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Watching the episode, but also tasting her food and, and really quickly. And then, and then Aaron can ask the next question. Um, Another thing that I love about sharing this Kumain style of food is is like, you know, as an outsider, as an American, you can look at, you know, third world countries and say, oh, they're so poor. They eat with their food and sort of see it you as mean, an animalistic. No. You mean eat with their uh, hand? or I'm sorry, eat with their hands. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. As sort I, of I like, was yeah, you, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, look at them eating with their hands. They don't have forks, but it, it's, it's such a beautiful tradition. And it, and the colonizers, as she said, brought the spoons mm-hmm. and forks. They were yeah. perfectly fine without it. 100%. So I just love that you, you show that, that it's a beautiful thing. It's a thing again, to be celebrated, not to be Holy. looked down upon and, and sort of the community aspect that that that's involved in that. 100%. And, and I don't know for anyone who's, who hasn't tried eating with their hands,
2: try it. It's actually more satisfying. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I can have the same dish with the spoon and fork, but when I eat it with my hands, there's something so satisfying and rewarding about it. It tastes better.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Well, I (laughs) I was just going to say, because we haven't gotten to the GoFundMe yet. Can you tell our audience about the GoFundMe, how long it's going to last and um, what you're trying to raise funds for? Sure.
2: So the GoFundMe, um, we started, we started loosely, uh, I want to say a month ago. And um, the reason why we started loosely, and we didn't have a a full, like, like, let's go campaign is because there's so much going on in the world that need more money than us. So we've sort of been just like sheepish about it, you know, but like, we're gonna, we're gonna end it um, end of September. And by that time, we will have shot, the the next two episodes so so the funds are really going to help us in pre-pro we're really going to do because we we with pandemic shorts we saw that we can really go bare bones and still tell beautiful stories so we decided we're just going to do especially with um the variant we're just going to have our subjects um parisa and um irene and uh our cinematographer and then one of us directing we're going to keep it really bare bones so and it keeps the cost down um but really so so the funding is mostly for for post production to to pay for our our editor and to pay for our colorist and to pay for those um those costs um and 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 pay our bipoc crew like like post crew you know because we want to want to pay people what's that Um, word (laughs) 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 pay yeah totally um but yeah but yeah like i said it's been hard because we there's going on you know and and then people We're still struggling to, to stay afloat with this pandemic. So it's hard to ask for money. It really is. But if anything, like, I I don't know that we'll meet, uh, I don't mean to be cynical. I don't know that we'll meet our goal, but if it helps um, keep visibility for this project, then I feel like we've sort of accomplished that. And then if it raises awareness for these wonderful women, then, you know, mission accomplished. So. Right.
0: Lisa, Lisa, I would say just to give, I just want to be a cheerleader for you. You're propping up stories that people haven't heard yet. And those are good things. And I think we need to hear good things in the world too. I, there, I mean, I was already texting at my a friend of today. I'm like, everything is horrible in the world, but I'm oh, like, no. but talking about this makes me feel good and I want to see it. So no, don't be you. afraid. Don't be yes. afraid. I know. Exactly. And and, <laughs> and we've and people, been there. So yeah. yeah.
1: And, and there are still, and people really st- are struggling to want to belong to something and find community and find, as Aaron said, something that inspires them. And this is it. This is exactly it. And, and, and I also wanted you to get into before we wrap the perks, because I'm trying to figure out how much money I can drop because the perks are incredible. So can you just name (laughs) some of them to get, get the people excited because it's so cool what you guys are doing. Sure. I mean, the easy one is we have tote bags that say roots and wings. That's like cute swag. Um,
2: We also have, um some swag from parisa who's the iranian american um culinary goddess and she has this really <laughs> cool spice blend it's called persican I'm, i think i'm butchering it persican it's persian mexican spice blend that oh. she just sort of created on her own and she also has um this really cool shirt that says um make tadig not war which i freaking love oh. <laughs> and so yeah it's it's just stuff that um kind of elevates our our culinary goddesses um there's also a swag bag that we're putting together for like the really high high donations. Delivering food, you have meals. Yes, delivering food. Yeah, I was excited. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, for local, local. I, so my my twin sisters in Maine, Michelle, um, our other co producer director, is in in the Bay Area, and I'm in San Diego. So it would be you know in in those those areas, and we would we would either or and or we would cook a meal, bake a meal or collaborate with with the culinary goddesses that we're featuring.
1: Yeah, it's a really exciting project. And yeah. uh, we, we want everybody, you know, support your independent filmmakers, whatever you can give is a huge help. And thank you so much for coming on. Again, we're talking with Lisa Yadao of Paper Tongue Productions and hopefully the episodic that's coming out on a streaming device near you, Roots and Wings. Thank you so much for having me.